Hey, look. The Gutter Cats are in town. They're making a rock video here. The Gutter Cats? Oh, man, if I could pick one group to have my baby, it would be them. <laughs> Just sit back and move your lips while you listen. <laughs> Slutty girls needed for meaningful music video. Kelly, go get changed into your sleaziest dress. Which one? <laughs> the one Dad calls your belt. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Alright guys, it's the Married with Children Podcast, the Gutter Cats are in town, my name is Al Jagger Richards, and I am joined by Jamie Sammons. What's up, Jamie? Hey, what's up? I'm wearing the dress that Daddy calls a belt. <laughs> Wait, one slut? That's all we get? I thought we were famous, Alex. Uh, no, man. It's just me, you, and Jamie. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we are reviewing Rock and Roll Girl. Kelly's talents land her the lead in a sexy music video, becoming a rock star to bring home the bacon. This is Season 4, Episode 15. Uh, Jerry Cohen gets a break. It's directed by Linda Day this time. Writers Ellen L. Fogel and Ron Levitt. Um, This is a huge lineup. We got tons of people in this episode. Uh, A lot of people who just seem like uh, they're going to have a couple bit parts, but they went on to better things in the industry. Uh, A lot of chicks to look at and talk about. And, of course, uh, one of our favorite guys ever, Officer Dan, makes a return. Hey! So, uh, this episode starts off, it's allowance day, and Al doesn't want to give anybody their allowance, so, you know, he tells them all he's in the bathroom, he sells it by doing the flush toilet, everyone thinks everything's fine, but uh, we see a, a bunch of sheets tied together and drop in the background by the sliding doors, and... Ed O'Neill himself climbs down these sheets. Uh, there's no cutaway, nothing like that. He really did the stunt. I don't know. It's at least it's at least an eight foot stunt or whatever. Like, and normally actors, you know, don't do anything like that. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, so, what do you think of that opener? I I thought it was great, man. Um, this gag was uh, was was great. I thought it was hilarious. Like right out of the gate, it's like the very first thing that happens. Al just climbing down like tied sheets. It's, <laughs> it's a it's a great intro to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, when Ed O'Neill climbs out of that window, he's a regular Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> he does his own stunts and acts, guys. Al Bundy's first strike. Uh, uh, <laughs> So, uh, Buck blows Al's cover, actually, because Al was going to get away with this, and then Buck is just sitting out there. It's almost like they knew Al was going to do this, so they had Buck at his station, you know? Buck's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Buck's an <laughs> asshole? <laughs> he, can't, he can be, but, I mean, because you would expect him to be on Al's side, you know, man's best friend and all, but he frequently goes against what Al's attempting to do. 
Yeah, remember he growled at Al on Christmas? He wouldn't hardly get him his slippers. Yeah. Buck's <laughs> Always not... stealing food. And he's going to steal food again in the worst possible way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that scene. <laughs> yeah, Buck's not as cool as I thought right now. Maybe he gets cooler when he starts talking. Right. I, I think that's it, too. But he, he is part of the family in the sense that the whole family's against Al. So <laughs> That's true. He's, you know. Somehow he has this, a dog has the same personality as his owners. Go figure. <laughs> so Al comes in uh, reluctantly, throws the money on the floor, and they fight over it like animals. Peggy, what are you doing? Allowance day. Allowance day? Al, you are a pig. How dare you make them grovel like this? <laughs> Al, Kelly had her hand on a quarter that I wanted. Prove it. Disgrace, even for you. Groveling on the floor for... Oh, look. See a penny, pick it up all the day you'll have hey, no, no, no. me. But I believe the rest of that money you took was in my pockets. What do you think the motivation was from Al in in kind of implementing allowance day? Like what like what would make him do that? Maybe to keep them from bugging him all right. week long? Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking because uh, Marcy says something about that, too. She's like, look what you've done, you know? Like, she she has this whole thing against Al. And I'm like, well, no, that's probably, like, you know, Al being backed into a corner. And this is how he deals with that. He literally just throws it on the floor as opposed to them stealing stealing it from his wallet or conniving him somehow or whatever or tackling him, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because just look at the intro of the show when they're all taking money from him on the couch. That's exactly right, yeah. Right, so that's his life. So it's like, well, just just let's set up a, a day, you know, uh, where this happens, and I don't want to hear anything the rest of the time. Allowance day. Think of, Just think about you having to do that with people. Like, what kind of people are those? <laughs> like, allowance day? I never had allowance day, did you guys? No, but a, a lot of kids did. I always just asked my dad for money when I needed something. Right. I think I did, but it didn't last long. <laughs> it was like three months, and then they just stopped doing it. <laughs> and it was like five bucks a week or something. It was really bad. You see how barbaric this allowance idea is, Al? Look at them. <laughs> These were once human beings. Now, I think you would all feel better about yourselves if you all got jobs. <laughs> now, that would hurt this man. Tear him apart. Now, he's the wage earner here, and that's how it's going to stay. Hey, big fella. You know, Marcy just gave me an idea. Uh, two, actually. One, I want to have chicken for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love that callback. That never gets old. Yeah. And there's one person in this episode who does not have chicken legs. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and two, I'm discontinuing your allowance. Kelly, <laughs> it's not right to stomp on adults. Besides, it wouldn't hurt you to earn your own keep. 
Well, you're included in this too, Peg. <laughs> then it's settled. Today will be Bundy Dollar Day. Each one of you will go out and try to earn one lousy, stinking dollar just to see what it's like. How does that sound? Try it on your other family. I think it's a great idea, Al. But what they need is incentive. So, what Al is going to do is match anything you make. Double it, dollar for dollar. <laughs> Wait a second. If I double it, that could get into some serious money here. Well, these three could make, uh... <laughs> what the hell? I'll triple it! <laughs> So Bud's first idea is Kelly's just sitting outside on the front porch, so he put a sign over her that says, ask the dullard a question. <laughs> Which is great, by the way. Um, can we can we get on Bud for a second real quick, guys? Now, I know that the 90s are, are, and early 90s at that were very, like, <laughs> eccentric with their with their clothing. I guess I would use that word. But isn't Bud's sweaters and his wardrobe just a little over the top, even for the times? Like, th- this really made me, like, say, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Like, is that really what people wore in 1990? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Look at shows like Full House and 90210, and look what they were wearing in their 1990 season. Oh, my goodness. It was like those patterned shirts were so terrible. Like, and I remember buying shirts like that for guys I was dating at the time. And I was like, oh, yeah, this shirt is hot. And now I look back and I'm like, whoa, what was I thinking? Because ah. they're garish and terrible. And ugh. yeah, I mean, and look at Cosby, too. Of course, he was known right. for his sweaters, but he wasn't the only person to wear sweaters like that. Of course, that was like late 80s, but into the 90s. Yeah, I never watched the Cosby show. It always put me to sleep. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Eat the pudding. How many cups in two cups? How would I know? (laughs) How about the writing here? I didn't think this was particularly funny. How many cups in two cups? I I thought the question was funny. I was not crazy about Kelly's response. Right. And I'm like, oh, you could have done better than that. Why is that funny? What am I missing? How many cups is two cups? <laughs> how, I thought it was how many cups in two cups. I thought, well, either way is the same. You're going <laughs> to, <laughs> if it's how many cups are in two cups, it's going to be two cups. Two. If it's going to be how many cups is two cups, it's going to be two cups. Either way, it's the same answer. But, um, but why would she want to know that? Did she doesn't mean- want to know that. She wants to see how much of a dullard Kelly is and whether or not she can answer that question. You know, oh. basically, um, you know, it's kind of like asking, asking, you know, she could have just walked up to her and said, what's well, two plus two? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why the joke went over my head, I guess. No, Alex, I know what you're saying, too, because when I first heard it. But in terms of like, if you're going to make fun of Kelly, like if 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 everybody, uh, you know, like us, there's like even a slight chance that we might not get it. Like you probably, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, I think they overcomplicated this, the joke. Exactly. By not just saying, what's two plus two? Right. Uh, I think I think they overcomplicated that joke in a way where like I I'm kind of like lost on it's just odd. How many cups in two cups just is a weird way to say it. <laughs> We've got to get you a job. A job. Me. God did not create this package to work. <laughs> well, he didn't create it to be used as a serving tray at a biker's party either. <laughs> 
Can you imagine her on Sons of Anarchy, dude? And when they have those, remember the parties they had, man? <laughs> yeah, man. She's like uh, Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> imagine her being on Sons of Anarchy as a serving tray. I think that even um, even Christina Applegate at this age, she w- she would have been great on Sons of Anarchy. But I think it would have it would have been a little distracting for people. Uh, yeah. In in terms of of them of mother and daughter Peg and you know what I'm saying like, yeah wouldn't that be wild though yeah Peg and Kelly on Sons of Anarchy but then again I mean look how different her character is so I don't know I I feel like she would be a perfect fit for that show but anyways yeah hey look the Gutter Cats are in town they're making a rock video here the Gutter Cats oh man if I could pick one group to have my baby it would be them <laughs> real band by the way. <laughs> They were a real glam rock band from the Sunset Strip. However, this is the only thing they ever did. Are you serious? Yeah, they when they did this, they were hoping that it would, you know, kind of propel them and right. get them some fame. And nope. Although I have to say, I don't think the song was bad. I was kind of into no. the song. Yeah. Yeah. Especially by like the fifth take, I was like, okay, I'm feeling this. <laughs> Yeah, right? And the more I hear it, I'm like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. It's called Decoy Woman, by the way. But it does make sense, though, that they would get a real band to play real instruments in it. I mean, you know, it's a sitcom or whatever, but why wouldn't you? Like, at least they know what they're doing, right? Makes sense. And it's, you know, a good opportunity to give a band a chance. I think that's a great idea. They didn't obviously work, but, you know... (laughs) We should like write down the names of all these bands like Tears and Vomit, the Gutter Cats, um, Oozing Meat, all these rock bands that the Marrow Children come up with. We should like have a whole compilation album. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say maybe it would have helped their career if they didn't have a fake TV band name, um, which that is actually their real name. But it sounds like a fake TV band name. It does. Oh, God. Yeah. Like Jesse and the Rippers. so uh much like jamie kelly uh grabs her dress that al calls a belt (laughs) heads over to auditions god i want this so bad what if i'm not slutty enough i die (laughs) not slutty enough baby you've got tramp written all over your face Do you really think I have a chance? You're one of those other girls are prettier than I am. Not a chance. I mean, come on, look at them. Get yourself a milk bone. Look, you're my agent. Get me the job and earn your 80%. (laughs) Now, uh, for those of you who are not entertainment savvy, you're supposed to get like 10%. This this gag goes on for a while. This is the beginning of it. This is the first time ever that and, – and I'm talking down to season 11, I believe. Bud is still Kelly's agent. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's one where Kelly um, is in a commercial to be for, – for, like she's supposed to be a nun in a commercial or something. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever that is, I know that's really far from now and he's still the agent. Which is hilarious because Kevin, Kevin, Kelly is definitely a sum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did uh, does this remind? Did that remind you of uh, when Donna was doing 
music videos <laughs> on 90210. Yeah, it was like David was the director or something. Yeah, something. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And it was on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, Donna. Yeah, well, Kelly's hotter than Donna. Uh, yes. <laughs> also, really quick, you guys, uh, I just realized this. The cool thing about doing a Married with Children show is uh, it gives us free reign to always talk about other sitcoms <laughs> <laughs> between Full House and that. It seems like it's a theme every week. It's like a different – like I remember, you know, it's like Roseanne and, and it's just funny how we jump across off, off of all of them. And sitcoms are great. And Dallas and we did the Cosby show already and <laughs> – yeah, we could just do this forever. Yeah. Right? This, this is great. There's a whole great world to live in. Uh, the marriage really, like, hey, look at what we did with the Sam Kennison. Like, how deep we got into so many, like, uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon with him, you know? Those shows are so much fun. I know. We even talked about Tales from the Crypt a little bit. So, yeah, you, we could go so many places. That's why I love this show. It's so, it's so perfect in that way. And it's, it's, it's a badass show, just like this episode exemplifies that. So that this is like one of my highlights right here, and I know it's one of Jamie's, and I'm sure Dan's too. So, so Bud walks over to eliminate uh, the competition. He has to get rid of some of the sluts, um, so Kelly has a better chance of getting the role. Which so, I honestly don't see the need in that because, as far as I'm concerned, Kelly is by far the hottest chick there. Yeah, let's let's get into that because Bud kind of alluded to the idea that he said, "Get yourself a milk bone." Now, <laughs> well, it is his sister, so right, right. So that's good that he don't think she's hot. Okay, <laughs> Dan, what do you think? Um, those girls compared to Kelly. So I, by far, Kelly was uh, was the hottest, but um, like the second girl, like I thought was straight busted. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> word i was like that's what they're going for and listen i know that like 80s like teased hair or whatever like some people aren't into those kind of looks and i'm actually one of them or whatever but like i can totally look past that and and see hotness for what it is and that chick was not hot but more interestingly the first girl is the uh is one of the main chicks from uh csi miami now is this the one in the purple with the belly shirt? The very of? first one, I believe she... Yes, I believe... She, no, wait, is that the last one? Anyway, she's the first girl, yeah. And I recognized her right off the bat, but um, I had to cheat and uh, IMDB her because I was like, where do I recognize that girl from? And yeah, she's she's the main, the main girl on CSI Miami. All right, well, let's get into these girls, uh, so to speak. So we got Eve LaRue is her real name, that, right? And that's the girl I'm talking about, yes. Carrie is Eve LaRue, and you said she's in CSI Miami, and she's in RoboCop Three. She's in uh, she's in a bunch of stuff, yeah. Oh, you know what? I wrote here nude question mark maybe real because I actually think it looked photoshopped. I guess so. I put that note there. Hopefully real. Dot dot dot. Yeah. So I actually, guys, don't get your hopes up. She actually might not have been nude, but go ahead and do your own research. Well, even if uh, even if it's not real, apparently her head is attached to something that's naked. <laughs> right. <laughs> if that gets you through the night, have fun. Thank you for clarifying that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is what I was alluding to. I don't think to. the yeah. guys who are going to be stampeding to see it on, on the Internet really care whether or not it's <laughs> Yeah, right? Good point. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so Sherry 
uh, is Deborah Dillon in real life, and she was nude, so look her up. Uh, Mary, in real life, her name is Jill Pierce, um, the one who had sex with the bum. <laughs> she was nude, so look her up and see what he played with for 10 minutes. <laughs> and it's weird that Bud only says 10 minutes with that guy or Kelly says 10 minutes with the drummer because you would think you want to keep this girl like how does Kelly know that that um, Cecil's going to come back over within two minutes what if she waited for another half hour and this girl just came back after 10 minutes after you know having sex with the bum and then she's still here and it's still a problem Kelly should have said it's not a problem because Kelly's way hotter but in the perspective of their goal you know like you want her out of there kelly doesn't want her there so you should say an hour with him or two hours with him and you got the part you know so that girl actually returns the one who had sex with the bum the (laughs) season four bum returns to marry with children in 1991 as marianne in the episode top of the heap so her name is mary here and mary ann then yeah brenda her real name is Jamie Lynn Grenham. She is not nude, but she was in Freddy's Nightmares. Oh, nice. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, also, you mentioned Cecil, the director of the video, who is Shabadoo from Breaking and Breaking 2. What? Yep. He was also in Tango and Cash and La Bamba. Those are two pretty big <laughs> What are you laughing at? Tango Cash is all right, man. No, no, no. It's just that, wow, my name's Shabadoo, and I was in Tango and Cash. Like, it's so random. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his real name is Adolfo Quinones. Lundgren? <laughs> Adolfo Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the C is in four bum. We never, I don't think we even really got into him uh, during the uh, the episode where Al buys his uh We kind of talked about him. Yeah, but I don't think we said his name is Chuck E. Weiss, so I think he's a Jewish bum, and he's from the movie Roadhouse 66, The Brave, and he's in Gilmore Girls. Can you imagine that bum being in Gilmore Girls? <laughs> hey, and two of these people have a Patrick Swayze connection, one with Roadhouse and one with Tango and Cash. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that was... He's not in either one of those. No, he's in Roadhouse? 66? Well, oh, oh right. I thought you meant Roadhouse, Roadhouse. But anyway, no, I'm sorry. It's Kurt Russell and Tango and Cash, so never mind. I was being dumb. <laughs> well, everybody will think I'm dumber when I say uh, I actually watch Gilmore Girls. Ooh. Uh, I could not stand that show. It's ridiculous. That's why I like it. I'm like, people do not talk that way. No, they don't. And it annoyed me to no end. <laughs> Yeah, I just look at it like a comedy. I watch it all the time. And I just like to shake my head. Like, you know how some people got that, like, guilty TV and they just, they're a glutton for punishment and they'll watch, like, you know, Real Housewives or this, that. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Toddlers and Tiaras. That was. Right. Right. Like, 800 pounds and growing or whatever it is. (laughs) 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 But. (laughs) Won't be able to get on the Harry Potter ride. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, ladies. I'm uh, Bud Jagger Richards, <laughs> the power behind the band. Now, goes up to. Oh, by the way, for those of you who do, I, I know it's hard to believe, but some people will not know what he's talking about. 
uh, Jagger Richards, uh, he's referencing Mick Jagger and Keith Richards from the band The Rolling Stones. I'd be happy if there were younger fans who got into the show, actually. So I get it. I mean, hey, listen, right. as long as you're into the show, that's cool. But I know some of these things will go over your head, much like how many cups goes in two cups. <laughs> as you all know, we're uh, doing a rock video here, one that will be setting a new standard of excellence in the video realm. So how many of you have high moral values? You are dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> And you call yourselves sluts. <laughs> Alrighty? Now, we're going to be asking you girls to do some things in this video that may not seem humanly possible. So, I'd like to start by having a little pre-audition audition. So, miss, uh, would this offend you? Bud whispers in the first girl's ear. I guess that's that Eve LaRue. That's disgusting! Next. <laughs> he goes to the next girl who I don't think is that great looking. No, um, she's busted. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Evil Rue, she's wicked hot to this day. Yeah, look at her stomach, man. Wow. Wicked hot. Sorry, but yeah. Back to that second one, though. I I wanted it to be over as soon as she was on screen. Why couldn't they get a hotter chick to do the girl who goes off with Bud? I think they wanted someone who was close to his height. Well, yeah, it was very hard to find that, I guess. So, just... <laughs> But I don't know. The the taller one, she wasn't very hot either. No, but I would uh, spend 10 minutes in an alley with her. <laughs> so, um, you wouldn't last 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I would just think about football and slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, the one, the busted chick, leaves with Bud. At least he'll have a good time. Apparently she's willing to do some pretty dirty stuff. <laughs> Bud says, hold my calls. Like we said, the season four bum. Kelly pretends he's the drummer to the band. Ten minutes with him, you got the part. She says, I've done worse. She goes ahead. So now Kelly is the only slut left. Oh, man, we're going to look at sluts. Not sluts, they're ladies. Okay, which ladies are here for the slut? One slut? That's all we get? I thought we were famous. And it's like, well, guys, this is the only thing you ever did. How would anybody care that you're doing a music video? No, I was kidding. <laughs> what he means is, you got the part. <laughs> This is a case of art imitating life, as Christina Applegate has been a rock bimbo at this point. She's already been in a rock video. She was in uh, the rock video Rattlesnake Kisses by Electric Angels. <laughs> that could be found on YouTube. So if you look that up, that's Kelly as the as the chick in the video. Wow. Is that like uh, Feldman's Angels? What are they called? Uh, Corey's Angels. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Do you know this band, Jamie? No. <laughs> I love that whole delayed response. <laughs> ah, you're so great. So, yeah, Electric Angels. So check that out. And just as a side note, since it was only a couple episodes ago, I definitely think we should mention, since he's part of our family now, that David Faustino, Bud Bunny himself, 
also was in a rock video from um, our very own Sam Kennison. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's called Under My Thumb. And in the video, in the beginning of the video, Bud wears x-ray specs where he looks at uh, – he's like on – on trial and he's looking at the jury and it's all hot chicks. But when he looks at him, he sees them all in their underwear and stuff. <laughs> and that, that video was March 18th, 1990. That's when that was, uh, uh, released. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So one of the rock video side note to mention is that in Kelly bounces back in season five, um, she says today, the Alante girl tomorrow slut in a Bon Jovi video. So I guess she either forgot she'd been on one or she's setting her sights higher. And guys, just also one extra side note. As always, everybody who is a patron of our show gets a shout out on our show. So I just want to thank a few guys. Bullwinkle, thank you. Thomas, Luigi, thank you very much, guys. And also another patron of the show, Stephen Scott did something really nice for us back with our... uh, two-part Christmas extravaganza, It's a Bundy Full Life. And I got a lot of feedback on that show. Apparently, it's our two best shows ever thus far. So that's pretty cool because that was show 69 and 70. So if people think that's uh, our two back-to-back best shows ever, then that's uh, a good thing because that means um, it's present day and it's not you know too far in the past. So uh, we are doing good right now, I guess. So thanks, guys. Uh, we all appreciate that. That's awesome. But uh, to c- cap off that great two-part extravaganza, Stephen Scott went to the burial site of Sam Kennison himself. And I, th- it made me think of this, too, because of Sam Kennison we just mentioned with that video under my thumb, which you should hear. It's a great song and watch Bud in the beginning. So he went to Sam Kennison's grave site, took a video said nice things about us and our show and and Sam took a still he went back like the next day or the day after and took a a still photo so I could read everything really well on the tombstone so um guys check that out it's on our Facebook page that's where it's all you know if you love this show and you want the extension and to live it out like we post the show and then throughout the week everybody posts things about that show that they just you know, heard, you know, obviously they post things randomly about married with children, but uh, it's cool when everybody keeps it to the week that we're at because, you know, maybe, you know, when we're wrapping things up, people are going to say, man, I really wish that I like took the journey more with you. And while we did each episode, we really went all out with the post about each thing and asked all the questions about each one. When it's over, we're all going to wish that we uh, lived this out a little bit more. So, that's why it's always great when everybody posts about the show we just did. That's why we're we're really living out the podcast because that's all we really have at this point, and that's all we're going to have probably. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to make that happen, but I think that's all that's going to happen. I don't know if they think there's enough interest that they could you know, generate some money or whatever to make more things happen. Roseanne just screwed everything up by posting something ABC, you know, totally like washed their hands of. And now she got her show canceled. You know, there might be room for the Bundys now. Or maybe Fox saw the success of Roseanne and they're saying, well, until she screwed everything up, they really, really was uh a great comeback and everybody seemed to be all into it because you know there's nothing really happening on tv right now in that genre you know so bringing this show back would be great 
But uh, yeah, guys, uh, as far as Patreon goes, you know, that's people who support our show. They donate about $5 a month. Um, a lot goes into this. I said it many times. But guess what, guys? There will be a bonus show next week for Patreon members only. So if you do not belong to Patreon, please join. Just go to patreon.com, type in uh, Married with Children Podcast. You'll find us. You know, get all of our exclusive content, um, video commentaries, our season three wrap-up show, all that good stuff. And then you'll get that bonus show that we're releasing next week. So be there. It should come out. Actually, no, it's going to come out Friday. So Friday, guys, all the patrons of the show, brand new show just for you Friday. We'll tell you more about that at the end of this episode. Okay, Ms. Fisher, for $500, what occupation do most Americans feel is the lowest a man can have? Shoe salesman? (laughs) That's the one! So, Officer Dan returns to Married with Children. Yay! Yeah! This is his first official appearance as Officer Dan. Nice! Yeah, prior to this, his name was Sheriff, and then in uh, the zoo episode, it was Sonny, because he was just a guy in the bar, remember? Right, yep. Yeah, so now he's Officer Dan. Does this belong to you? Yeah, only a few more payments. <laughs> what did you do this time, Peg? Well, I was trying to earn money, like you said. So I set up a toll booth of my very own in a good location. <laughs> at the airport. They already got a toll booth at the airport. Yeah, but mine's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> There already is one, but hers was cheaper. Now, how does this work exactly? Uh, was there a, a free lane to wherever they were going before, and she just put her booth there? Why would there be a free lane if people have to go through the toll? Maybe she snuck into one of the booths that was empty and put up her own signs or something. Wow. I don't know. That's, a, that's logical. for the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Peg sells Al out again to this guy. How much is the fine? $200. But because this is her first offense, and obviously all your money is tied up in uh, despair, (laughs) I'm going to let her offer the warning. Oh, that's nice. Well, Al... Maybe now you can get rid of that bumper sticker that says, support higher education, send a cop to first grade. Uh, ma'am, would that be the illegally parked vehicle with the broken taillight? Yes, but you can't give him a ticket because his registration is expired. (laughs) So there. What's wrong here with Peg? Why is she compelled... To get Al in the most amount of trouble possible every time Officer Dan's around. Well, it's almost as if she's so stupid she doesn't realize she's doing that. Like in this episode, I don't feel like she did it maliciously. I think she didn't realize what she was doing. And, you know, Al's just helplessly watching the whole time. Uh, Yeah, and this time Al gets to be there and watch her do this. 
It was a little different though this time from from last time too because um, I believe last time she was she had this thing with with him where she was trying to side with the cop, get on the cop's good side, you know. And I know there was a little bit of that, but like you said, yeah, it was more of like ignorance on her part that she sold sold him out. Last time she sold him out, and it was like she was trying to get him in trouble. But this time it was more just uh, oh, like I didn't even realize. I'm dumb, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, that was, like, the last time it was, like, she was throwing him under to, it, it's kind of like when you when you throw a bone to, to distract the dog. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, over there! Um, yeah, she's trying to save her own skin. Now I'll just go out and take care of that bumper sticker for you. Thank you, officer. <laughs> <laughs> a lousy shot. That bumper sticker was nowhere near your back window. Another example of her being kind of dumb when she says, he's a terrible shot. You know, that, that bumper sticker was nowhere near your back window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peg is just something you can, she's an enigma. You can never figure out what is actually happening in that head. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Can I have my allowance now, Al? No. Look, Peg, I'm not asking for the impossible. A quick, painless death. All I want you to do is earn one lousy dollar. Just find something you do best and get someone to pay you for it. Oh. Okay. And how about giving me $100 for sex tonight? That's only $50 a minute, Al. Peg, I forgot to tell you, it has to be something someone wants. Steve comes over to see the Mikado fight with Al. The fight on yet, Al? Come on, any minute. Now, of course, I just made a reference because when Steve's like, hey, Al, you want to go see Mikado tonight? And Al goes, who's he fighting? And meanwhile, Mikado's like a play. So this time, Steve actually comes over to see a fight. So I just threw that in there. Isn't that insanely clever? That was insanely clever. Yes, it is. And and, well, it's funny because when you said it, I was like... Oh, that's funny if that that was the name because I'm either because I a missed it, and then also <laughs> that's the name of a play. <laughs> wow! Look at that! Wow! Um, Jamie got it. But uh, well, it goes I, over her head. I thought I missed it, but I guess uh, that was you being clever, which took me by surprise. <laughs> oh wow! Now we have a comedian on the show, huh? <laughs> wow! All right, good. <laughs> This show's making me look really good. Yeah. That's all right, guys. I didn't know nothing for the last 75 episodes. It's fine. Uh, you know, I, I am going kind of hard on you this episode. I don't know why. I'm, in a, I'm just in one of those moods, I guess. You know what it is? It's this episode. Yeah? This is my... Well, you know, this. I was so excited to talk about this episode because this is my all-time favorite episode. Oh! Wow. And I've been in such just a... I've, Ugh, been so giddy and excited about it so um you know how i feel about kelly love kelly and the kelly centric episodes are typically my faves and this this one in particular i just this one i remember when i watched this when it originally aired i was just floored you know um wow. i don't know I, I don't know what it was i guess i was just like wow she's i don't know i w- no you don't have to explain trust me we know yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, no, we got it. I'm I'm assuming you know for different reasons. Um, (laughs) No, I get the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me. Everything about it, you're right, is pretty uh, spectacular. Well, see, that's one thing. He should be going very easy on me because I have not said anything negative about the episode. And two, Jamie just thinks that she's a rock star now. She just goes, she just blurts out whatever. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the brunt. No, I'm just in that mood. But um, I'm just kidding. I always go easy on you. <laughs> well, are you as easy as? No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be a skeleton crew question. <laughs> yeah, right. I decided against it. Okay, so uh, Steve Steve was in a rock band, guys. He was in the Tuxedos. If if you haven't heard that one, you might want to look those guys up. Uh, he played the sousaphone. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of my old boss. Her son, and when he was in high school, was in a brass quartet. Oh God. In high school, and they named their quartet Kicking Brass. Oh, God. And the school made them change the name. <laughs> really? Uh, good. Yeah. Even the school has taste and good No, taste. it was because they thought it was too... <laughs> they thought it was too suggestive. <laughs> it was too... It was too raunchy. They had... And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> These are guys in a brass quartet. Let them have something. Right. Yeah. Give, yeah, give them a little bit of dignity. They came up with the, <laughs> the coolest part. That's the coolest part of that whole story. <laughs> like they, they got a name. Like they, they they made a name for themselves. They were happy with it. And the school's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, I guess I don't really didn't want to play brass, but we just came up with his name. So I figured let's do it. But okay. <laughs> they're like back of the line nerds. <laughs> yeah. Finally, on the lighter side of the news, the rock group The Gutter Cats are in town to tape their new video. Auditions for the role of Rock Slut were held earlier today. (laughs) Yummy, yummy! (laughs) Eager young women came from as far as Bloomfield Hills, Michigan to give their all for The Gutter Cats. He said that girls were coming all... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, and girls are coming from all over as far away as Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, which, one, is where Terry Ricolta resided. Oh, and Terry two, Ricolta. I, I, <laughs> I know that's so great. They just threw that little jab in there. Incidentally, I love that they chose this episode to do that because this is an episode that's, like, really sexualized. Right. I wonder what Terry thought of this one. And I love that this was directed by Linda Day. Why is that? Well, because one, it, it seems to me that the um, oh, the more risque episodes, the risque like episodes, oh. yeah, tend to be. Also, that wasn't didn't she have a, like a personal run in with Ricolta back in the day? Oh, is she the one who got on the phone with her? I thought she was. Oh yeah, and, I could and be said... wrong. I could be wrong, and if I am, I'm sure someone out there is going to let us know. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to say it was her. <laughs> and it's fine if you do. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I want to say it was her. And if it was her, then that I just think that ties up the whole thing in a nice little bow. Also, two, I live in West Bloomfield. What? So I thought that was really, really funny. Nice. On the flip side of things, Ellen L. Fogel was the executive script consultant 
on. Al loses his cherry. Her cups runneth over. I'll see you in court. So now it's all starting to make sense, doesn't it? Ah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice episodes. There's some really good episodes. <laughs> Life's a beach. Brilliant. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, she's she's great. This is the greatest thing ever. So Steve oogles over Kelly's body. Oh, man. Look what it looks like before you marry it. <laughs> I'm telling you, Al, rock is where it's at. Hey, look at that blonde all over the singer like a coat. Oh, boy, I'd like to give her a... <laughs> Oops, sorry, Al, that's your daughter. Can you imagine that scenario? See, if I was Al, I, w- I, I couldn't even be mad at Steve. Well, of course not. I was probably looking at her, too. Right. And no, you, that's just the point where you start to feel kind of icky because you realize that that's how you were looking at your own daughter. But, you know, I mean, you can't help it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you don't know. You don't know. And it's like, if someone goes, wow, look at her legs. I'm like, yeah, man, look how high that skirt is. She is so okay. That's my daughter. Yeah, man, just like uh, a Serbian film. He didn't even know. Oh. Oh. Boy, you brought it there, huh? But, yeah, a couple things about this scene. One, I love it. We are back to, even though this is it. Like, this is. Yeah. This is it. Um, Oh, as far as this is all we get with Steve. I like the fact that this is, again, classic neighbor sitcom interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like that. But he comes over, they're going to watch TV, and then this happens. And this is sort of the catalyst for Al, like, losing it, which is another thing I love about this scene because it's so cute when he's like, I'm coming, pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, pumpkin. Daddy's coming. I just... I love that. Kelly, stop that. Stop that, Kelly. <laughs> Hang on, pumpkin. Daddy's coming. I'll be right there. <laughs> Stay there, pumpkin. Daddy's coming. <laughs> Those are the moments that just make me smile. Right. Because no matter what she's done to him, no matter how much money she's stolen, how many right. times she's wished him dead, how many times she didn't care if he had to go to prison, you know, yeah. to hell with it. He's got to go to prison <laughs> as long as we don't. Uh, when... It comes down to when he sees his daughter right. in what he thinks is a, a compromising position or something that <laughs> is bad for her, he will, He, I mean, he just goes. He doesn't stop. He doesn't think about it. He just goes. Right. And I love that. I love that whole paternal instinct. Jamie, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I felt the exact same way. Like, I, it was the exact same reaction when Al got up like that. And I feel like, too, you know, I watch... I watch all these episodes out of order and stuff like that, but I feel like we've seen Al do this before, uh, specifically. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's clear that he really does love her and and feels protective of her when it comes down to it. Look what Al did uh, when she when he thought Kelly was getting a tattoo with Brian. When he grabs a baseball bat, yep. and he's, he says, where's the tattoo parlor? Oh, it's next to the place that says girls, girls, girls. He goes, I know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah al does that he gets protective and he he he's ready to to crack a few skulls yep. that's part of the that's part of the reason this is one of not only because it's all kelly and and you know much i love her but mm. that is 
another reason that it's one of my favorite, or no, this actually is my favorite episode. That's a reason that this is my favorite episode is because we get to see that side of Al, which I love seeing. Well, you know, um, I actually like, I mean, I love the whole, everyone's interactions in this. I love Bud and Kelly together. Mm, you know, yep. when they go in and they do things as a team. Yeah. Even yeah. if he's trying to milk her for 80%. <laughs> I was going to say. Whatever. I, it, you know, I just, I love seeing them be a team. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to gloss over Steve, but I do want to back up for a second because we didn't really talk about, I think people will be disappointed. We yeah. didn't really talk about Kelly's dress called a belt. What did you guys think she looked like in it? Do you like that color pink? Do you think it goes with her skin? Do you like the belt that goes in the middle? Do you think it all looked? I honestly think that this is the hottest Kelly's ever looked. Now, wait a minute. What about the Sam Kennison episode? No, so far. No, I I like this one. No, because she got a couple. Sorry. (laughs) It's true, though, because I hadn't seen this one yet. So. Um, yeah, I saw that one now, and in retrospect, yeah, this one's better. She had a couple different outfits in this one, too. I, dude, she was on fire. And that one scene where she's, uh, she's uh, leg up, oh my god. She also did the little Kelly bounce when she found yeah. out she got the part. Yes. Yeah, the, you know, the, I love the when Bowman she does bounce. that. Yeah, yeah, I love when she does that. It's so cute. I mean, she's mm-hmm. just, she's adorable. And yes, her legs, holy cow. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And I meant the Bundy bounce, not the Bowman bounce. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think she's really hot in this. I do have to say, I was expecting, now I remembered this, but I was expecting the dress to be a little smaller since he referred to it as a belt. Right, me too. Um, it doesn't really seem out of line in comparison to anything else she wears. I think it's just as short, just as tight as right. all of her other outfits. But I do really love the color, and I think she looks stunning. Yep. Yeah, I, I expected a lot less. I'll tell you that. I I wanted some belly in there. I wanted another inch up. You mean you expected a lot more then? <laughs> a lot more yeah. Kelly, a lot less dress. Yeah, for a belt? I mean, I was hoping it was just a belt. Network television, though, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope Al was saying it literally. Uh, so, okay, now back to Steve. So Steve secretly desires Kelly. Which could make it awkward for their future future interactions between him and Al. But, sadly, guys, there will be none. This was it. And I'm going to say this right now. I am very happy whoever switched the release date order of these uh, productions. Because, as you all know, a taxing problem was supposed to be his last episode. Mm-hmm. Thank God that it wasn't. I would I would still like to know the reason. Like there was a reason. Whether even if it's just like, eh, we want to switch it up. Okay, that's cool. Like it doesn't even have to be that dramatic or like this big thing, but I, I would like to know specific. Well, I think somebody probably realized that that wasn't a strong ending for Steve. Exactly, right. But not only the ending though, I just mean in terms of like um him. Oh, why they didn't write a, a send-off episode? Correct. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a reason, and I, I'd like to know what it is, for better or worse, for if, whether it's a big deal or whatever. Oh, you know what? Well, uh, Amanda Burst did tell me to stay in contact. I, I write to her once in a while, like, Merry Christmas. You know, just keep, every, like, five months, I'll try to write something to her. Oh, she's got chicken legs. 
Yeah, I have her phone number, so I text her this stuff. So, like, I'll try to do it without being annoying, you know, so that she's like, oh, God, why did I give this guy my number, you know? Yeah. I try to do it sparingly, but now that Steve's gone and we did interview her about a year ago, mm-hmm. I think uh, it would be okay to maybe say, hey, would you want to hop on and we could talk about Steve leaving a little bit more in depth, you know, because she did touch on it with us. Yeah. This is Steve's last episode, and guys, we do have a treat for you, though. Uh, our The show's very own Jerry Herring will be stopping by next week because we're going to do a special um, ode to Steve, like a goodbye send-off show. We're going to give him a show. Since he didn't get one on Marrow Children itself, he's going to get one on the Marrow Children podcast. So he'll be joining us and uh, reminiscing about you know his favorite moments, why he is obsessed with Steve, uh, what he thinks about Steve's like last five episodes, and uh, what he's looking forward to during Steve's returns and what he hopes they will be. Like I said, he secretly thinks Kelly's hot, but we all openly do. Can I say something about that real quick? I'm surprised that um, in this show they didn't touch on that a lot more. That that dynamic, you know, because of everybody making fun of Al and 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 you know Al, all of Al's comebacks and stuff like that. You would think that, that there would be more jokes um, to Al about Kelly or or at. Kelly's expense or at Al's expense for that matter. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm surprised that was like the first kind of dynamic that we've seen that somebody says to Al like, oh, that's your dog. You know what I mean? Well, we get one with Jefferson right off the bat. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't – I'm sure you've seen it, but I don't want to – you know – We've all seen everything, you know, basically. You know, Dan probably hasn't seen like 40% of the episodes maybe, but right. that's nothing in 11 seasons. But none of us memorize every single word to every single one. So I I try not to like say things that will blow things for their viewing experience gotcha. along the way. Yeah, but uh, there's something that Jefferson's trying to figure out during his first like three minutes on the show. And he basically alludes to the idea that Kelly is really hot. <laughs> so um al says he's al says stop that kelly stop that so so what's happening here is the news is actually film showing people behind the scenes stuff and re rehearsals or whatever is going or takes which <laughs> so is completely random. unheard of yeah like, that's, that's so stretch. cute with going stop that kelly stop that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing stop it pumpkin daddy's coming like it it would have been now. You wouldn't get that joke from uh, from Steve, but it would almost be better if like they gave Bud like a one of those big obnoxious cell phones or something, and you know he was talking with his dad and and Al overheard it or something because that is a complete stretch that the news would be there. It's so ridiculous, but right. I don't know. Like if you're looking at Bud as the agent, I think that would have fit even better. Ah, yeah, it's, that's the only way Al would find out about this. So. It had to happen. You know, it's kind of cool. It's like local news. It's all right. <laughs> it's a stretch, though. <laughs> it's a stretch. Oh, absolutely. You never see that on the news. No. Uh, so Kelly comes out of a dumpster <laughs> in, in take whatever. You know, it's it's the beginning of us watching them do this uh, rock video. Uh, so that's pretty funny. She comes out of a dumpster. Um Kelly's, you know, dancing. She has her directions. She goes over to the guitar, uh, the singer, and then goes to the guitar player and starts rubbing him. 
And then uh, the guy goes, go to the singer. And she goes, I like him more. And this guy has, like, the the goofiest grin on his face. He is so happy that Kelly likes him more. <laughs> is it, wouldn't you, how thrilled would you be, though, as an actor, or whatever these guys were, like Kelly, uh, like Jamie said, like hybrid trying to make this real and stuff. How cool would it be that Kelly Bundy said you are the hot one of the band and was, like, rubbing on you in front of the world? God. I know Kelly was excited because the Gutter Cats are the only group to have her baby, so. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she, the next take that we watch, Kelly trips upstage, which is weird because y- you think she's going to go to the singer now, but no, she just goes past him and goes towards the stage and trips up it and knocks over a speaker and it explodes. Then we get to take 56, where Kelly's looking at the camera and then waves at it and smiles. <laughs> like, you would think by take 56, are you still doing that? Like, isn't this something you do during take two or three or one? Like, 56, she's still amazed that there's a camera looking at her? <laughs> like, how how weird is that? She stinks. They all look up. And see the most incredible image ever captured on film. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to be okay, honey? (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a little break in the nudie bar. (laughs) No, I'm good. They pan up to Kelly and her leg up on something. I I really forgot what was surrounding her leg at the moment. But they all say, you know what? Uh... Okay, we'll give her another chance. There's got to be something she can do. Do you like legs? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a legs are uh, a big part of what I like about chicks. Yeah. Okay, I love legs too, and Brian is a leg man. Yeah, so. that's in my top like two things I look for. Well, I know what your one is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one thing Kelly can do right is that she could be chained to a fence because. God knows she's had a lot of practice. <laughs> the second time. That That's day. the second time this week or that <laughs> someone's changed to offense. And wandered off. off. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody wander away? <laughs> right? I guess they were done. So they do chain her to a fence. She looks pretty cool, actually. I like it. I dig it, the whole thing. It's a good, good little bit to have her in. Um, said just standing there, just kind of walking through the band, which you never really see in a music video anyway. Well, I think they did that so she wouldn't mess anything up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still something she could do right. Right. Al barges in to rescue Kelly during a take that's finally going right. Right. <laughs> What do you want? Your liver on a stick. (laughs) That's my little girl up there. Kelly, get down. Daddy, I'm tied up. Why can't you be more like your brother? Ah, boy, am I. (laughs) Bud comes out and he has kisses uh, all over him and his shirt's on backwards, which I noticed before Al even brings it up. Did you guys notice that? Uh, Oh, no, I I definitely noticed it. I don't know if I did or not. 
I noticed, but I <laughs> I also think that that was um, that was probably my the the funniest uh, joke of the episode for me. I thought that was hilarious, Dad. I gotta pull rank here. Put your shirts on backwards. Yeah, yeah. He, he dismisses him by telling him that. It was so <laughs> funny. I just thought that was so good, dude. Like I it just I'll be honest with you, I did not see that coming at all. No, like, that's definitely a step up from the vacuum cleaner hose. Right. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, which, oh, that, that whole debate where he just, I mean, that whole thing where Bud just didn't get any, and now he's just the biggest pimp in the world. Yeah, it's slowly creeping in from when he had that chick in the closet. Yep. That's right, yeah. Yep, slowly happening for him. At this point in time, I had a bit of a crush on David Bostinich. Well, he cut the mullet off his head. <laughs> so that's a bit, even I have a crush on him now. <laughs> It's like any anything is a huge improvement. Hey, cut that mullet off your head. Yeah, that was horrendous. Um, so this, I love how this guy Cecil, the director, producer, whatever he is on this video, he uh, or the manager of the band, I really can't pinpoint. I'm sure I just didn't pay attention if they did mention it, but we all know who he is. He tells Al that you can't take the girl. Now, this is even after knowing it's Al's daughter. Al made that pretty clear right off the bat. So he goes something like, I think I can, or something. He puts his hands around the guy's throat. Well, I, just out of curiosity, now there have been so many jokes where, like, Kelly will say something like, oh, you know, I wasn't late, and then they're like, I don't care what you do, you know, or, or you know, ah, whatever, or go. I mean, jokes are often made about Kelly being a slut in front of her parents, right. and they brush it off, or they, they I mean, they know. Yeah, Peg says she's not a slut. She's just popular. Popular, yeah, but they know, you know. So it's not like this is a secret. So what? It, what? It, what do you think it is about this that pushed him over the edge? Do you think it's because it's like for public consumption? Uh, yeah, national television. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just like if your daughter is a is a slut in the neighborhood, it's hard to stomach. But when you find out she's in porn, it's like, oh my god, where's the news? <laughs> yeah, you, you look up YouTube videos. How do you tie a noose? <laughs> you know i mean it's it's like a whole different ball game now but luckily kelly didn't take it that far but they, they, she's being totally sexualized in the video which is i mean they asked for sluts you can't blame these guys and that's what this is sex sells i mean what do you want and everybody wants hot chicks of course i mean and we're the this it was clearly heavily influenced by things like the the tawny katane performance where she's writhing all over the car yeah, in the video, yeah. it uh, that that was a that was a legendary, and still is. So this kind of thing, the the video slide, and of course it went on, and it actually became like a big deal later in oh, yeah. the '90s and stuff. But um, yeah. but I think it sort of lost something at, at, later on as as it got. Like I don't think it was sexy later on. It was just sort of in your face and sleazy you know yeah you know what it became it kind of switched uh it changed genres of music because by the time kurt cobain and the pumpkins and all these guys came out they were no longer doing that that it it, it was almost seen as like disingenuine and it, it, it was seemed um you're not gonna see some emo chicks riding around half naked <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know like they're not gonna do that and that that's not what that whole movement was about but what happened what in, in turn happened is that all the chicks moved over to the to the r&b and hip-hop genre 
So now you're going to have all the girls with the the big booty or whatever, you know, and all the rap videos. And it's it's just going to – it kind of took off that way and they kind of claimed ownership of the hot chicks in video thing. Yeah. Well, I mean because right – was it 92 with the, like Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yeah. When it was just – I like big butts and I can't – Front and center, like – in your face that was the whole point of the video and then it just sort of um snowballed from there and just kept going and kept going and kept going and then it was it was actually a thing it was a career to be a video slut and i forget what they called there was actually a name but vixen oh there you go thank you yeah because there was the book confessions of a video vixen Mm -hmm. right yep and um so it was um it was actually a career choice to be a a video vixen so uh, but then back here like at this time it was still it was it was the glamour thing yeah and there was a naughtiness to it you know there was a there was a sexiness to it because it wasn't all the time i mean it it didn't happen in every single video right you know you had things like girls in um like the cherry pie video whatever they were there and like an aerosmith video there were these girls i love aerosmith videos there were When Aerosmith did it with Alicia Silverstone, it wasn't really the same thing, though. She was more like a narrative of a story. Well, no, that's true. And that was also later on. That was like 95? Uh, Three or four, I thought, at least. Okay. So it was was, was 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 into the 90s, though. Uh, The big ones was uh, a best of. It's called Get a a Grip. Get a Grip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's when she came on and i love that album that's a, an amazing oh my comeback god. album oh my god for a band that's been around since the 70s that's the album you come out with 20 years later that's phenomenal dude steven tyler is on another planet right now but um but yeah no i love those but i also think that um it's just like any other fad you know it starts off good and then everybody starts doing it and then people just get sick of it and i think that um that's that's what like the grunge music and what the pumpkins were doing that's what that was born out of was just yeah. people getting sick of that and dude, there's nothing wrong with it it was just um well there was towards the end because it was it was overkill but i don't think it was it was that in general. It was just the oversaturation of it, and and every everybody wanting to do it, and it just gets played out just like any other thing. So I think it, it's less it, it's less like of the of the thing itself, meaning like you know the the glam rock thing, and more of like just a a public a public thing that you know the masses always get sick of stuff, and then they just well talk. yeah. Well, then it also, but it also gets more okay. Like I said, like with Tawny Katane back in the day, or like with this video, for instance, she's wearing a dress and she's dancing suggestively. She's, or in this one, she's, um, you know, like Tawny was riding on a car hood. In the, like in the Robert Palmer videos, they're just, you know, they're playing, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, they're playing their instruments and she's dancing. Um, in this video, she's chained to the fence and she's dancing, uh, like you know, with the like the head toss, uh, but she's wearing a dress. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, she's, she's covered her, like her legs are showing and, and her, and it's tight. So you mm-hmm. can see her, but it's not, you know, what it sort of is now, which is a thong and, right. <laughs> and like a string across the front, uh, it, which to me just, and I, and this is, I'm, it's not like I'm a prude. I'm, I'm farthest from a prude, you know, but it's, <laughs> I think there is truth 
in that things can be sexier when you leave something to the imagination. Without a doubt. I I totally subscribe to that notion, Jamie. I've always said that. It's anyway, so this was back see. when it was still sexy is what I guess is what <laughs> And, and and this is where it all ends. Look at 1990. This is about the. This is where we wrap it up. Let's wrap it up because once 91 hits, that's it. You know. I mean, you're still gonna have Guns and Roses try a couple things here and there, um, but that's all gonna kind of fade away. Kind of like meshes together and disappears. Like 91, 92. By 93, it's it's done. Yep. So so this is uh they're they're kind of bookending it here. Al has. Another situation where he has to do over a line because of audience reaction, drowning it out. Now, remember how we just went over um, with Who'll Stop the Rain? Yeah. When he says, I'll see y'all, I'll see y'all drown before I do this. Yeah. So, because everybody was laughing too loud at the joke right before that. Now he says, Now you may have sweet talked, now, now you may have sweet talked a couple kids into being in this video. But your shirt's on backwards. Now, you may, have sweet-talked, you may have sweet-talked a couple of innocent kids into doing this trash, but now you're talking to a man. So he does that line twice. <laughs> I got to say that I didn't catch that the uh, the first time around when, you know, when Al had to redo his line because of the audience. Mm-hmm. But the second time that I watched the episode. You noticed it? I not only noticed it, but I noticed something else about this show. And, and and tell me if this this factors into why this is your favorite, Jamie. Some of these episodes on rewatch, I don't know, like you know how when you initially watch something, you know you, you you're paying attention, like especially for something like this show and stuff like that. Now you still you're still taking in the jokes, but I rewatched this one and I liked it so much more the second time. Like I caught on so many different things that I I didn't necessarily catch the first time, and I'm sure you guys as would and you would remind me of it but do you know what i mean like i just i went from really liking this episode the first time to loving it the second yeah there's a ease that you watch it with sometimes on uh when we do this show it's tough you gotta be a little analytical the enjoyment level is just different two watches are probably great for you because you're a little less familiar so yeah I'm just too familiar with like pretty much every episode, I guess. But yeah, there's a different level here. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Well, in terms of what we do for the show, though, Alex, it's it's perfect because here's the thing about it. I'm taking notes, yeah, but I'm always, you know, like even if my head's down and I'm listening, I'll just go <laughs> like it's just, some of the jokes just hit so well, and and yeah, it has nothing to do with the notes that I'm taking, but they're always delivering. I don't, I wouldn't say that I miss any jokes, but like I said, on the second on the second watch, like yeah, I think you were right when you said there's just a certain ease about it where yeah, like you you got the gist of it you've got all the angles that you want to take in terms of like dissecting it and and then so yeah for the second time man i was just so at ease and and man i i loved it so much more and especially too because i was like i watched it the first time and i'm like oh wow this is this is jamie's favorite episode okay and and like i said i really liked it i was like oh okay but i don't know second time i just absolutely loved it i was like i see exactly why she loves it 
Well, I wonder if people out there are going to be like, why in the world is this her favorite episode? Like what? Mm-hmm. They do so many fun things on this show. They they right. explore so many. Some of them are outrageous and crazy. And and this just seems very simplistic in comparison mm-hmm. to some of the plot lines out there. But you know what it is? It was the impact that it had on me as a teenager when I watched it originally. Mm-hmm. That that has a lot to do with it because this is just one of those that left an indelible impression on me uh, when I watched it first run. And and this one, and I wasn't on the show when you guys covered this one. And I was kind of sad because I was actually, I think we had talked about me coming on. Oh, I know which one then. The Florida one. For Yeah, um, for that one with the Dumpwater Florida one, which is another one of my favorite episodes. Yep, Poppy's by the tree. I love because they keep calling her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they keep calling her um, albino An albino. Right. And that just cracks me up because she's got really pale. That's early on. And she's got really pale white, like platinum hair at that point. That just cracks up. They keep calling her the albino girl. But the other <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is the one that you guys didn't care for it when you covered it on the show uh, as much. And it's the one where she did the dance at school with the janitor to get out of can't dance don't ask me yeah yeah she was supposed to do the whole uh lame wearing the tuxedo thing that steve taught her yep. right and she ended up busting out the uh to fever which i thought was so incredibly sexy and this and that's the thing is at that point and i was at that age where i was starting to notice things like this and it was more like these. That's why I loved Kelly so much. It was because I wanted to be like her. Now, I didn't want to be dumb and I didn't want to be the town slut, but I found something very attractive and alluring about her sexuality, the power that came along with it. So I just, I, that's why I was drawn to her so much. And I watch them now and I still am. Yeah, isn't that great when you can still feel that? Absolutely. That's amazing. And that's what this show does for me. It's weird. Like, no matter what, it never goes away. And I think that's why a podcast was so needed for this, and it had to happen. And I I can't believe no one else in the world thought of it. We are the only people on the planet who do this show. Like, that's amazing because there are podcasts out there for everything and multiple ones. So to think that on the out of the 8.6 billion people on earth, we are the only three doing the show. It's pretty amazing. I found a podcast by accident just last night called Submarine Sea Stories. <laughs> and there are like 40 or the episode I found was like 40. I was looking for something else and it popped up. There was like the right. 47th episode or something. I'm like, really? There are how many, how many <laughs> stories about submarines can there be? And how many do you need to hear? But, yeah. and Brian like, said, Hello? I, Brian said, I told you before there is a podcast about everything. And I said, well, clearly. And I started thinking about this last night about how surprising it was to me that no one had done this until mm. you came along. Yeah, well, what can I say? I, uh, I'm the hero of the Married with Children community. <laughs> the only guy I'd ever think of bringing the show back to life. No, but seriously, I couldn't do it without you guys. Um, all four of you. Uh, Jerry, Justin, 
you, Jamie, Dan, you all really bring the whole thing to life. And I think all you guys have and still are doing a great job. So thank you for that. Um, well, so with this whole thing I was mentioning with Al, Al redoes that line because, you know, this audience reaction. And I wonder if they eventually say to him, hey, listen, we notice you've been doing this a lot lately. Just go with it, dude. You don't have to re-say anything anymore. Because I don't, I don't know that that's a habit of Ed O'Neill. I guarantee they said go with it because that that audience like um, what's the word that uh, that that back and forth so to speak is so great like to see the audience play off of that 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 does nothing bad for anyone even us watching like I love that we've talked about that before we love that stuff you know it brings such a live feeling to it and oh, yeah. Yeah, I just I love it. I can't imagine anybody, um, you know, involved in the show saying, no, nah, that, that's not a good thing. Like, it's nothing but greatness. <laughs> Absolutely. So Al rants until this dude tells him that he has a great profile and he would look good on camera. And there's no way, no how. Hey, you know, you've got a strong profile. I bet you look good on camera. You're not the first who've told me that. <laughs> not sissy good looks, but uh, ruggedly handsome, huh? Yeah. Right? Super. Uh, could somebody get me down from here? Uh, quiet, pumpkin. Daddy's talking to the van. <laughs> How would you like to be in our video? Me? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just a regular guy. I mean, great looking one. Played a little ball. Almost went pro, but... Uh... Playing football, and that's actually true. You know, most people know who kind of did any research, I guess, on Married with Children, that Ed O'Neill actually tried out for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He was he was on, you know, the training camp. He didn't make it, or he, he didn't like the interaction with all the uh, jocks and stuff, and he kind of said one of the main reasons he didn't really pursue it is because of the jock men- mentality. It wasn't really the kind of company he cared for. <laughs> So he basically just didn't play. He decided to pursue acting, and he goes, and and that turned out really bad for me, didn't it? Because you know, Ed O'Neill is insanely successful. Um, he he'd be a legend regardless, even if this show ended in this season, he'd be a legend. But he's gone on to do what he's done, and we all know. Mm-hmm. It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. One, two, three. I really am is just a father who loves his children. Daddy. Shut up. <laughs> How much are we talking about? $3,000. 
<laughs> what do I have to do? Just sit in the car, look cool, and we'll handle the rest. Uh, guys, could, could somebody please get me down from here? <laughs> guys! Boy, I hate this. This is the second time this week somebody has chained me to a fence and wandered off. <laughs> um, so, the next shot, the family is sitting on the couch. Al is in bandages. He's His head's wrapped up like the Invisible Man. And he has a broken arm. And he's uh, sipping through a straw. But I, I think he could eat, though. So, we find that out in a little bit. Uh, meanwhile... They all, the whole family takes all of his earnings from, from this rock video because they all make, you know, whatever Kelly made, you know, times it by three and then Bud gets this percentage and then Peg charged Al to give him his medicine and she took the rest, which is just ruthless, man. I mean, there's so many things wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, Bud should have gotten his money from Kelly. Right. Right. Now, not the not the three times. I mean, he would have gotten the, his percentage from Kelly, and then Al would have had to. Oh, I guess he would have had to triple that regardless, because that was the deal. But yeah, because of Marcy, all because of Marcy. Was but he tripling. still should have gotten his money from, or some money from Kelly, and then her whole charging him to <laughs> to give him his medicine. That's just that's just wrong and that wasn't a that wasn't part of the deal now i guess it's she did make money by doing that and what's he gonna say because he can't say anything so yeah that's just low though she'd be like oh do you want to hire me to give you your medicine you do okay you know right now what was that guys uh was that codeine (laughs) right like Uh, i hope it was what liquid painkiller would one take other than codeine right (laughs) Uh, whatever it is, my arm's killing me. Send it over. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So Al's watching, oh, well, they're all watching the rock video. It's, it's all done. It's out. It's on TV. And they say, here's your part, daddy, or whatever. In the video, Kelly pushes a gigantic detonator like the Wile E. Coyote. (laughs) Uh, she pushes it down. It's like a cartoon looking detonator. Al is sitting in, in a car, which appears to be like 80 to 100 feet away from the camera. <laughs> you, you, a dummy could be in there for all we know. You couldn't tell it's Al or anything. No. When she pushes that detonator, the car that her father is in, Al, blows up. <laughs> it completely explodes. And it's the most like heartless, violent looking, like least... <laughs> It's it's the least glamorous explosion you've ever. It just looks like dark, like evil, right? <laughs> like yeah, an, and he didn't even catch on fire that first time, <laughs> right? Not the first time he didn't, um, <laughs> and that's why they went with that take. Now uh, there was a second take in which Al catches on fire and passes out from the pain, so uh, he goes, he's unconscious. So they didn't like that. Because everybody could tell, even with the cameras so far away, you could tell that a guy in a burning car is unconscious. How? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure how this works. So uh, they all leave to go shopping with the money Al made um, that they took. And Peg says, Oh, Al, if the phone rings, it's mom. 
She's going to ask if she can come and visit for a month. Now, if you don't want her to, just tell her. Otherwise, she's coming. <laughs> Somebody hand me my hamburger. There's a burger on the, the table for Al. Al grabs the burger, falls on his back. Buck eats the burger out of his hand, and then the phone rings, and Al can't get up to answer it. Is anything bad enough? Like, how could it not be bad enough for Al? What kind of sick writers are there on the show? Like, Al does this, explodes in a car twice, is sitting there in the condition he's in. They take all of his money, and that's still not the end of this nightmare. Right. And it's so sad. And in this episode, he did something, you know, so... He was attempting to be a good parent, you know? Right. It, it was so noble. And? That's what he gets. This is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, that, all that happening, and on top of it, the dog eats his burger, and now he can't answer the phone to tell and now him his mother-in-law is coming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I almost like that, like, borderline, like, dark humor, though. Like, how... Oh, yeah. You know? I'm saying this in a different perspective, but in the reality of me watching a TV show, I loved it. It was amazing. Oh, right. And that, but that's what it is because it's funny to us because it's a sitcom and everything. But you're right, man. Al really does get it no matter what. He just can't. But, but then again, they do give him his victories, but sometimes they just like to pour it on. <laughs> but, I mean, in reality, isn't that really life? Right. You know? that, that's what I mean. <laughs> Yes. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. Right. Just when you think something couldn't get any worse, something else happens. Something else right. breaks. Something else falls apart. You get sick. You something happens with your job. Mm-hmm. Something happens, and there's always something. You know, like uh, there are so few moments in life when you can just relax, right, and just be without yep. something going on. That's the beauty of a sitcom is they play that up to the hilt and. Poor Al is just hating life right now. Oh, yeah. Well, let's uh, come back and tell everybody how we feel about his horrible experiences. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back to rate this after this. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. And guys, don't forget, we are now on Instagram. So look us up on Instagram. So we are going to give our ratings for Rock and Roll Girls. So, okay, how many takes are you going to shoot of you exploding in a car for the (laughs) Gutter Cats video, Dan? I thought that was going somewhere else. Um, okay, so <laughs> like I said, uh, first watch, I really liked it. I would have rated it a four, 
Mm, I'm still debating. I really want. You know what? I'm gonna give this a five. I had so much fun with this episode. Woo! Really loved it. Um, like I said, everything just hit uh, the second time. It was just perfect. And then those little things that I didn't catch the first time, like like you said, Alex, with Al talking over the audience and everything. Um, there's certain things with this show that sometimes everything just really comes together. And and we've seen all these elements you know, beforehand, you know, with the dynamics with everybody, but sometimes that they bring it all together in such a way. And then like, you know, there's that Bud and, and Al thing at the end and Bud your shirts off backwards where it just kind of uh, throws me off guard even where I was like, just burst out laughing because it's just so not random, but it's just so unexpected that I think this episode is, is uh, an amalgamation of everything good about this show. And it was just, it hit on all fronts. So, so yeah, I get this episode of five, five, five takes. Wow, five takes. Dude, you're not going to be, we're going to have to give you, uh, could I be the guy who sells you your medicine? <laughs> I'll make a fortune. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, all right, Jamie, how many, how many takes are you going to, shoe exploding in a car for the gutter cats music video i don't think it should be any surprise to anyone after all the gushing that i did that i am going to (laughs) that i am going to shoot five takes of me exploding in a car in a gutter cats video for this episode (laughs) this gets really convoluted sometimes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh the guys well, this is a hall of famer because we're going uh 15 here Ooh. oh yeah another five yay yeah, this is uh a classic episode which is um it's just it's just everything that you love about marriage children all culminating into one great episode i mean you got a great uh steve moment thank god because it's his last one you got uh hot chicks but you know like we said they weren't the (laughs) the crop you you'd hope for but um it's great nonetheless and there were a lot of them in there in the beginning so it was nice to look at you got kelly looking super hot in that little belt you got kelly looking hot chained up to a fence her hot showing her leg you got great stuff with bud and Al and Peg is more of like a, a background character in this one, but she does that so well too. Yeah, you know, the like Terry Ricolta nod, Officer yep. Dan. Yep. You know that whole moment, shooting the back of his window out. Like, you could, there's just so much. It's jam packed with goodness. There's like really nothing to complain about. It's almost like if you like Mary with Children, then this this is just exactly what you look for when you put an episode on agreed dude yeah and and real quick um since we're in the nudie bar let me ask this guy at the end of the bar hey billy bob what do you give this episode i give it a uh, a 10 a 10 wow so that's like 25 if we take his uh rating so wow <laughs> billy bob's into consideration yeah if we take his into consideration there's a total of 25 points out of 25 or out of uh, 20. <laughs> so that's even better. Uh, yeah, guys. Great episode. Great time talking about it. This is one of the more fun shows. They're all fun, but this is this is like one of those great nights. Yeah. So uh, for all the uh, regular listeners, 
We start our two-parter, You Gotta Know When to Hold Them, part one next week. But for the premium package, for the patrons of the show, you will get a special. You see, the You Know When to Hold Them is going to air on Wednesday, as usual, next week. But for the uh, patrons of the show, you're going to get a special show. Jerry Herring will make his return to the Married with Children podcast. Dan is not going to be able to make it, unfortunately. So it's going to be me, Jerry, and Jamie. So that's going to be an interesting combination. So guys, if you're not patrons of the show, it's just showing the show a little bit of support to say thanks for all you do for your highly produced very extensive Marrow Children podcast you give us on a weekly basis. So people, you know, they, they give, uh, you know, $5 a month or whatever, as long as you want, you know, it's it's whatever. It's just uh, your way of saying thanks, and we really appreciate it because a lot goes into this, and uh, most of our stuff is free. There's a lot of, uh, like we said, video commentaries, wrap-up show season three. Wrap-up show season four is going to be on there too, so you might want to join now, but... You definitely want to join our Patreon this week because Jerry, in two days, you're going to hear a show with Jerry Herring. It's going to be the Ode to Steve Rhodes Spotlight on Steve Rhodes show. It's going to be a full production like everything else we do, in-depth look at Steve's character and uh, the entire character arc. Uh, You get Jerry's perspective. He's seen everything. He's listened to our shows. He's up to date. So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, So it'll be cool to reminisce and look back and uh, do a little special for him. So yeah, guys, for a uh, the price of a gallon and a half of gas or two cups of coffee a month, you can listen this Friday to our Spotlight on Steve Rhodes special or just tune in next week for You Gotta Know When to Hold Them Part 1. Trying to get over her divorce from Steve, Marcy tags along with Peg on a wild Las Vegas vacation. That's going to be a big one, but nothing will be bigger than our Steve spotlight in between these two episodes. Which one will you be at?